The podcast of this local government meeting is brought to you by Michigan Radio. For more coverage of local government meetings and to find out how you can support this service, go to michiganradio.org. This time I'm going to back. Why? Why not? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or where I'm Mr. I don't want that, so you should. Hey, what you Okay, let's go ahead and call the January 12th Utility Policy Committee meeting to order. Set the agenda. Any changes or corrections? move support there's a motion by jim support by tom to set the agenda all those in favor Aye. opposed motion carries uh six zero and one absent one question i have with um if if we're absent one can any alternates in here, or does it have to be? I don't think so. Yeah. It has to be the alternate from the city yeah. or the alternate from the city. Yeah, so the city has its alternates, the township has okay. its alternates. Okay. All right. So I won't be here next month. Who's my alternate? Just. Yeah, Kevin? We're, we're on one alternate still. Okay. Just, just so you know, I know that they'll be gone next month. Likewise, I'm gone next month. Okay. You'll step in as my alternate next month. I, I will be gone next month. We could talk to uh, who's Brett. 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 Okay. Introduction to the guests. I think we, I think we've been through everyone who's in attendance before so we'll 
on to acceptance of the December 18th, 2022 draft minutes. And Mark Elliott brought one change on page two. I provided that to her. Oh, okay. Was it alternate instead of member it's and? Under oh. public comment, yep. committee member Elliott, QTs, dated. Alternate Elliott, because he wasn't. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Alternate committee member, Elliot. Ashtamal Township. David, yeah, Ashtamal, yeah. I, I provided that. I missed that. Okay. All right. That's the only change I have. Any other ones? No, not for me. That's all I have. Okay. Move approval? Yep. Motion by Tom, support by Jeff. To approve the minutes, accept the minutes. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries six to zero and one absent. Item number five is public comment. Y'all set? Anyone remote? Oh, there are a lot of remote. Okay. Um, unfinished business, water rate, affordability report, and follow-up. Uh, we continue to work on a report. We do have some meetings scheduled with uh, some other philanthropic uh, organizations, such as FFB. I'll be uh, planning to meet to um, introduce the topic to the FFB director to just um, gain some insight. On that and to continue to work uh, forward with it. So, we do plan to bring it back to PPC one final time before we do submit to the state. So, this will continue to be an action item. Okay. Thank you. Item 6B water connections, extensions, and fees. Yeah, we've, uh, we've been working on this, and uh, I think that the subcommittee. Uh, has been working with uh, with the regional commission members, and we've uh, looked at having um, what we're calling an equity benefit fee, um, which is basically it's a buy-in to the capacity of the system. So somebody who's connecting to the system isn't just connecting to the pipe in front of their house or buying into the whole system. So they're buying the capacity of the system. Um, and so we've, we've had done some calculations on that, but just recently we've reached out to the city, to James and to Jeff, um, and the concept seems reasonable to everybody. Um, there's some details to figure out, uh, from Stantec, particularly Stantec, you know, there's a number of value that that has to be calculated, um, potentially a contract amendment. This contract didn't anticipate that, um, but we'll let uh, our, the attorneys make that decision. So it's it's really still a work in progress, but we're narrowing it down, looking at uh, probably by the time the attorneys have a chance to talk, Stantec has a chance to look at it, uh, doing more of a detailed presentation to the UPC in April, because probably March we probably wouldn't be ready and. I'm not here anyway in March, so we're looking to 
um, present something to the UPC in April for further and more in-depth discussions. So there's a connection fee and then a fee on top of that. So you would, yeah, you you pay a fee to have the privilege to connect to the public system. And then you would also have to pay for the physical connection from the road to the house. Just to clarify, so you're not going to be here in February or March? Oh, no, I'll be here. I will not be here in February. Yeah. I will okay. be here in March. Okay. So, yeah, that's what I meant to say. We're not going to be ready next month, but we'd be ready probably in March. Okay. So you said April. I know. That's because I'm... <laughs> okay. <clears throat> March. Sounds good for your work on that. Context or understanding that needs to go with that. Does that, I'm sorry, does that apply for the sewer also? No, this is. Did you water. do that for the sewer? Um, I mean, the townships, not for, for the townships, the townships do do something similar. Um, as an example, Texas Township, when somebody connects, they pay a fee and there's a benefit fee and that's sort of what this is mm -hmm. that's buying into the capacity of the system and then uh, the parcel fee so in texas it's eighteen hundred dollars for the benefit fee and the parcel fee is eighty six hundred dollars so the theory there is, is the eighteen hundred dollars buys the bigger deeper pipe the downstream pump stations all the uh, because if you just run an eight-inch pipe into the township, you run out of capacity very quickly. So you're buying into the capacity of the system. And then with the sewer system in the townships, they only own their own infrastructure in the township. And then once it goes into the city quarters or the city grounds, then it becomes their issue. $8,600 parcel fee is intended to pay for average size pipe or small size pipe, normal size pipe, average depth in front of an average house um, times two tenths of the street. So that's the cost of putting that pipe in the ground. $1,800 is the cost to make that pipe bigger and deeper throughout the system to, uh, to provide capacity to continue to expand the system. I just, I struggle that water and sewer, they kind of go hand in hand. And so, that, you know, when you talk about water, I just assume that you're talking about sewer also. Yeah. Okay, thanks for the update. Can I ask a question? Question? You said benefit, does that also take the front footage? That's part of what the parcel fee would be. And different municipalities do it differently. Some have a parcel fee and a front foot fee, and that would be the building the average size pipe in front of your house. The benefit fee always goes to the, the, the larger capacity. So it just depends on 
I think out like in the lake area, they have a parcel handed a foot fee, right? We're down to just a benefit. Yeah, yeah. It's down to just a benefit. Just methodology calculation. Yeah. Yeah. Depending on your choice, but we're now down to just a benefit fee. So everybody can just do the very appropriate Okay. Item 60, the capital improvement program. I have no updates. And I believe the townships are all working on their own individually. Yeah. 6D, recommendation to approve the fiscal year 2023 capital improvement plan. We did that last meeting, didn't we? I believe so. So, I don't know if that was in the minutes. I can't remember if I read them a while ago. Does that say that? It does. Okay. So we could just jump over that. Yeah. Yeah, because the whole budget is before the city commission to this coming Tuesday night. So just a couple <laughs> nights from now. New business. The discussion with Stantec on the rate model. Mm. So we do have Stantec um, online here, so we'll transition to them. They're going to share a screen and I'll, you know, let them give some introduction, but uh, we'll be able to have, uh, you know, really an interactive conversation with Stantec and um, this will be very beneficial for, for this board. Um, there was some discussion between myself and the UBC chair on whether or not we'd be ready to have, you know, uh, Stantec here. And so there's a number of things that we continue to work on that we'd like to uh, really get more accuracy and, and really pin down to know that it's right. But we can still talk, we can still show you where we're at, we can still have these conversations. So I think there's a lot of benefit of having Stantec here today to be able to interact and talk with the board. Uh, I just wanted to say that, you know, not everything that you see on the screen today is 100% fact-checked and right, and so there can be, there will be some movement as we continue to talk about this. Instead, that will be back in the coming meetings as long as we continue to look at this. So uh, with that, Jim, I think you're on the line, and we'll turn it over to you folks. Yes. Good morning, everyone. Um, I'm Jim Behrman with Stantec. Uh, I'm based out of our Ann Arbor office, um, and Perhaps if I could ask the chair to allow Laura Arturo from our project team to share her screen. Um, we have a, a few slides to share with you and then uh, I'm sure that will generate some discussion and we can kind of continue from there. Um, so we'll wait for just a minute uh, for Laura's screen to appear. Uh, there we go. I see Laura's screen. Does everyone else see it as well? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Laura, if we go to the next slide, please. Um, we, uh, we put a, a, a little quick agenda together, um, to kind of, uh, set the stage for the slides and then hopefully generate some, some discussion and answer any questions we can at, at this point. Um, I've already introduced myself. I will let the three other members of the Stantec team that are on the call introduce themselves and also kind of relay to you kind of their role in the project. 
Um, we've had a number of discussions already with city staff, including James and Stephen and, and their staff. So with that, um, I'll turn it over. Uh, Andy, why don't you go ahead, please, if you would. Oh, how about Deb Kleckner? Hey, everyone, this is Deb Kleckner. Um, I've been working with the um, city of Kalamazoo. I'm a manager on this project, helping Laura with the analysis, and I look forward to continuing to give you some progress on our updates. Thanks, Deb. Laura? Hi, I'm Laura Arturo, and I've been working as the analyst for this project, and I've been helping Deb and Jim with the analysis. Okay, we'll try again and see if we can catch Andy Burnham. He's the project director on this. I know he is traveling. So, um, Andy, are you still with us? Apparently not. Um, he, he was a few minutes ago, so I know he was in an airport. So um, he may have perhaps have boarded, but um, just uh, yeah, just uh, what what I'd like to do now is kind of go to the to the next slide, and um, obviously um, you may remember discussions with Andy and I, as well as Bart Foster on the water rate model back in August as we transitioned from BART providing those services to Stantec. Uh, so as James mentioned in his initial remarks, um, we, um, we've had a number of calls with city staff, interactive meetings. We continue to build the, what we term is FAMS, which for us is that is the financial analysis management system, which is the name of our model. And um, basically, um, it has a number of inputs and so forth, very similar to what you know Bart has shared with you in the past. We we have made excellent progress, really, with the intent of um, getting everything up in order to share with you over the course of the next several months to basically get. Um, all of us in a position for a recommendation for what water rates should do effective 1124 for the city of Kalamazoo. So along those lines, Laura, if you could please go to the next slide. Um, you know, we thought it'd be beneficial to at least, um, you know, as we as we look at building the financial model for the for the water system, um, just to, you know, just some comparative slides here. Uh, the orange bar is really what you would have been exposed to and discussed with Bart Foster in, in Andy and I to a lesser extent in the, you know, kind of late summer discussions as you addressed the need for a significant rate increase uh, on the water side, which ultimately turned out to be a 20% increase effective 1-1-23. So, the the current fund balance in black um, is is slightly down um, from what Bart would have shared with you in the August discussions. So just you know, kind of comparative points. Um, and so we looked at 
if we go to the next slide, please, Laura. Um, we, uh, you know, we, we look to, uh, in, in regards to revenues, obviously a key driver of any rate study. Um, here we depict kind of the 22 and 23 revenue streams that we're seeing. Um, based on current data, you'll notice the 23 revenues are projected to be slightly down from um, BART's August forecast. Uh, 22 revenues um, came in a little bit higher, which is always a good thing. Um, so, um, and then next, uh, you know, we kind of just want to share O&M expenses with you. Um, and you'll notice that, um, and hopefully, can everybody hear me okay? Yes. Okay. I have a voice that tends to carry, so I just wanted to be sure I did that I wasn't too loud. Um, but we're seeing um, over the projection period from 22 to or 23 to 27, O and M expenses are about 10 million higher than what Bart had initially put in his forecast last August. Um, to us, that's not surprising with the inflationary pressures that um, all operating utilities seem to be facing these days. But just kind of, um, you know, again, a point of reference here as we finalize, you know, our analysis um, is that, you know, the O&M expenses are slightly higher. On the capital improvement program, uh, next slide, please, Laura, if we could. Um, You'll see that, um, you know, particularly in 23, um, 22 and 23, actual CIP and projected CIP um, is coming in higher than uh, what BART had forecasted, and then lower um, in 24 through 27. Clearly, we're I'm sure all aware of the supply chain issues and and the ability to get uh, pipe and so forth um, and and the issues there. So we've we've had a lot of discussions um, with James and his group regarding the CIP plan. I would note that our CIP plan reflects an eighty percent execution of the budgeted CIP plan numbers. So we're still trying to assess what if if Bart included that 80% threshold in in his foreca earlier forecasts. Okay. Um, so you know those typically are tend to be the major components. Uh, the capital improvement program obviously drives cash funding capital as well as potential debt funding of capital. So we continue to work through that process with discussions with city staff. Next slide, please, Laura. So kind of basically where we're at, um, keeping in mind that our role along with city's input and UPC's input is basically to develop um, and potentially implement a recommended rate increase, if any, effective January 1 of 2024. 
right? Because the city just implemented a 20% increase, 1123, which obviously is a significant increase. Um, as I mentioned, we've had a number of discussions in building FAMS. Again, that's the acronym for our financial model. Um, city staff has been excellent in providing um, the updated information uh, that we, we plug into the model. We're still, as James mentioned, in kind of the validation stage of it. Um, also, as part of our assignment, um, once we develop the revenue requirements, how much money does the city need to operate the water utility? Will then, per the water users agreement um, and typical industry standards, we will build a cost allocation model. We, we believe that should be wrapped up um, in March. Um, which will assign the total revenue requirements to the respective customer classes. And of course, those customer classes will be combined inside city and township customers so that the unitized or equal rates by class are developed. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, Obviously, with getting started this early in the process, um, we would expect um, the city to perhaps have um, adjustments to the to the budget data and the operating data as we move further into 2024. So, or excuse me, into 2023. I got to get my years right, um, and so you know, we, we believe we'll have a step there to finalize the FAMS model um, with any data assumptions changes, whether that's updated growth assumptions or revenues or O&M or capital expenses. Um, then in the May to June timeframe of this year, we would expect then to take the updated revenue requirements figures um, and finalize the cost allocation model to again assign those to the respective customer classes and develop equal rates by customer class for the May-June timeframe. The last bullet point is, is really probably, it isn't meant to say that um, we're not, we're not expecting to have interactive as, as we call them, you know, between, you know, we're not going to wait till July necessarily. Uh, we had an interactive session with city staff yesterday, which was very productive, I think, for all of us to move us closer to finalization of the FAMS model. But recognizing that there obviously are a number of steps with UPC input um, in, in moving us through the latter part of the year, to get us to the point of, you know, evaluating scenarios and as well as responding to questions you may have so that ultimately the rates for 1124, um, if there's an expected change in the water rates as far as a percentage increase, 
you know, are developed and approved and implemented 1124. So that's kind of that's that's in a nutshell where we're at. Um, I would love to share the model with you in great detail, um, but it really is not yet far enough along so that you would, you know, um, make decisions based on it. But we certainly are are, are zeroing it in. So, Laura, um, next slide, please, if we could. Now, this is just this is an example of what you're ultimately going to see from our model. Um, James and city staff saw it yesterday. Really, I think James kind of for the first time, right? Um, as we looked at some scenarios, but the summary panel uh, is part of our, our FAMS model is something that we use often um, to kind of graphically display the results of each client's um, financial plan. And in this case, um, you know, you'll see like the operating fund, for instance, again, this is just an example of what a FAM summary panel looks like. Um, Kalamazoo's will look similar, but different. Um, you know, the operating fund, obviously, um, we're always concerned about the level of the operating fund and reserves, as well as if you look at the operating fund graph, you'll see a black line across. That is kind of the target reserve um, calculation. How many months of O&M uh, does a utility wish to maintain in their operating fund? Uh, the next graph moving to the right, the revenue versus expenses. Oh, thanks, Laura. Um, revenues versus expenses, that's that's really a line we pay particular attention to, to make sure that the cash in and cash out are, are balancing uh, to the best we can during the forecast period. Uh, it uh, Clearly, we don't like to see any significant spikes in cash out. Uh, where cash out is greater than cash in, but that is a again a very di uh, excellent diagnostic tool. Um, expenses by type, um, we we show this on on our all models, which will break down, um, you know, the O and M and CIP, uh, particularly um, are broken, you know, are broken down so that you can see, okay, what is what is the predominant driver of um, the classifications of your expenses. Then the lower left uh, graph is just the actual capital improvement spending for that utility. Um, and so it's a dollar value in each of the years of the forecast period. The CIP funding, the next graph to the lower right, um, is actually you can see it's color coded there and it depicts the funding of CIP through either operating cash, which is the green bar, um, loans is the orange bar, and then revenue bonds is the purplish bar in this example. Again, this would be um, the summary panel for each of our clients 
is is unique to that client. But this is something you will see um, as soon as we finalize the the FAMS model um, and and get that information to you. And then lastly, to the right is the borrowing um, by year that's expected to support the capital spending as well as operations if need be. Now, moving to the top of the of the graph here of the panel, um, you'll see that there's a top line is a water rate plan. The model will solve, um, as James saw yesterday, uh, we kind of played with the preliminary model a little bit and kind of ran just a couple scenarios to get city staff familiar with how it worked. Um, and so the model has the has the ability to solve for a just in time rate increase, um, which typically is not something we like to do because it tends to be a spike. So we like to smooth out the rate plan over the years. So we can actually input different water rate plans and you will physically see um, the various graphs will move. Um, we have the ability to save this particular example only shows the current plan. Um, we often use a what we call a last plan and we compare uh, those will be green bars uh, that will appear next to the blue bars. So as we get further along and we discuss um, scenarios with you, um, we'll actually work the model right there um, and, and, and address questions you have or what are the implications. Obviously, as we develop financial plans for clients, we have to pay attention to the debt coverage ratio. You know, the city has a target of 1.4 that we're aware of. And so the, this depicts where the debt, the debt service coverage is going in this hypothetical example, okay? If, I think as James and his crew saw yesterday, we do certain scenarios and it takes the debt service coverage in the city's case, um, you know, below the 1.4, the color coding on it will change, right? To yellow or red. And that's obviously a telltale sign that the financial plan that we have developed is not um, not proper and certainly isn't a position that we would recommend that the client ultimately adopt. So in a nutshell, that's kind of, of what you're going to see um, here sooner rather than later. Um, as far as the the FAMS model or the financial model is concerned. And James, maybe if you might want to elaborate a bit about how we use this yesterday to kind of um, address some scenarios or some, some situations that the city was interested in, kind of at like seeing an initial rate impact, um, even though, you know, as I mentioned, the model is, is not yet final. 
Yeah, no, thanks, Jim. I, you know, just to kind of talk through how we're um, starting to utilize the BAMS model. Um, again, this is really kind of rudimentary because we're still building the information and doing it. But, um, you know, two scenarios I'll talk about. Um, one is capital. And so there, there remains a fair amount of uncertainty regarding capital execution rate. So essentially what we're talking about is the big list of projects that we submitted, we're committed to do those projects, we're in the process of designing and engineering improvements on the street. However, we still are experiencing supply chain challenges. Um, some of our projects are still held up on Eagle Review that uh, may carry on into further Eagle Review or further Eagle requirements. And then there's probably the most impactful thing is the uh, procurement of duct iron pipe. Um, so we do have the line pipe on order. We're waiting to receive it. But if that pipe does not get here by when the project needs to start, it's likely that project's going to get hit in the next year. So what we've done with the BAMS model is look at our CIP execution rate, which we talked about is 80%. That's kind of where um, we anticipated it to be with Mr. Foster. And with the BAMS model, we're looking at a few scenarios. For example, what if capital execution rate was 60% and 70% next year, but then we caught up so that we had kind of this wave of projects and let's say in three years out, we hit 120% execution rate. What is that wave of capital? How does that impact rates? And so we were able to see a few different scenarios, um, essentially like a sensitivity analysis of what is that, what are these changing capital execution rates um, how do you impact rates both in kind of the current year and, and then out years? And so we were able to gain some insight on that and uh, really kind of build some confidence around our abilities as we continue to build and use this method that we can enter in our actual execution rate for this year and, and put that into the model and then see it inform going into the future. So there's, I think there's going to be a lot of um, great interactive work that could come from that and that can really start to answer some of the questions in terms of capital certainty of you know what a published capital plan looks like but what is our execution rate and so the board can have some additional confidence going forward of you know what we're putting on paper what we're committing to do versus what you know we've been able to accomplish and what's going on now so that's that's really positive um, another way to use the, the FAMS model we're still looking at using is uh, the staffing, staffing request. So uh, the, our utility uh, was required by EGLE uh, under our administrative consent order to perform a capacity managerial financial analysis. And so we've completed that work. And, and within that, we've identified a number of staffing needs within the department. Uh, we've requested via special request process that goes through uh, the budget process and goes up through the city manager's office, the uh, staff request for more positions. Um, given kind of the uncertainty where we, we were, where we were at with the rate process and our need to, to move the rate decision ahead of the budget process, we paused and held out those position requests. So we really needed to be able to better answer to give the city manager's office and our budget team some better information on what kind of rate impacts or financial impacts would be created by the additional staffing that was identified in the capacity managerial financial analysis 
So uh, we were able to essentially put in some FTE positions into the FAMS model and see what, what the impacts are. So again, we don't have final answers on anything. We're just still kind of building that model. Uh, but those are two excellent scenarios where we can take and put information in and, and perform some of these sensitivity analysis and start to build some answers so that we can come to UPC, so we can come to city manager and have valid and informed requests about some of these um, major move, major movers within the water field. Yeah, and I would only add, James, to, to what you mentioned. Um, we did, too, yesterday take a peek at kind of the sens sensitivity to um, the number of months of annual O&M that uh, the city could would potentially keep um, as their target in the operating fund. Obviously, the number the higher number of months that you maintain the uh, reserve at that pr places upward pressure um, on the rates. Um, you know, obviously the city, um, you know, is has implemented the 20% rate increase, which obviously um, is a large number. Um, we've had some input with James on, you know, the affordability effort as well that the city's um, involved in. But, you know, clearly um, the ultimate um, end point for us on on FAMS and is to get really um, consensus amongst all the decision makers as this is a reasonable financial model um, and, and everyone understands the implications of, of, of potential changes like James mentioned, you know, the FTE. Um, there are a lot of assumptions, obviously, that go into the model, whether it's customer growth or customer decline or usage growth or usage decline, um, you know, operating expenses, how they're escalated through the financial period or the forecast period, rather. I mean, things I, you've, you've seen in your prior work with Bart Foster, um, Ours is just, you know, a little bit different format, but ultimately what we're trying to do is, is to provide an, an operating plan for the city and uh, UPC and the city's residents that um, has a reasonable rate relief um, forecasted in it, as well as ultimately the sustainability of the fund which is, you know, paramount. So with that, um, really, I, that's, those are the slides we had. Be happy, Laura, Deb, and I be happy to entertain any questions that you may have for us um, at this point, whether it's about the FAMS model or, or anything else in the process. Thank you, Jim. I do have a Yep. So, so Jim, um, I, I I like the dashboard, uh, but it's hard to read from where I sit. And so, when you show those graphs, can you blow each one of them up individually so I can 
actually understand it. Okay. Um, Laura, can we maybe go back? We, we don't have to do it today. When yeah. we do it in the future. Yeah, definitely. Um, because, you know, obviously we, we do a lot of presentations to decision makers and yeah, the, the graphs are, are, are very, very visible. And honestly, the city of Kalamazoo may have different, ultimately it may turn out that there may be some other different graphs there. What we showed you in kind of the panel example is just the, the typical ones we use. But as I mentioned, you know, the, the model obviously has to be customized for the city of Kalamazoo and its characteristics. And so, but uh, yeah, I, un I understand your point and uh, could probably, uh, James, do you want me to, I can send the slide package over to you if you want and, and perhaps distribute it to UPC. And that certainly yeah. would be a little clearer if that would be helpful. Yeah, we can give it to UPC members because we don't have all that information. Thank you. You're I welcome. This is Libby. I have a question. Um, so the 2023 revenue and what we saw today showed down, which surprised me a bit given the revenue increase. So is that um, is that due to? I think he said it was actually up from where they projected for 2022. Correct. For 23, it's down though, which is when we're having the yeah, increase. Yeah, it's 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 down slightly. Um, there could be a number. I mean, because we're working with the city's budgeted revenues, that um, we go through a process on our end to kind of to validate um, that revenue stream from from our end. Uh, could be a difference different in difference in growth assumptions for instance, uh, from the Bart Foster forecast. Um, yeah, it's down $300,000, um, but that's like, you know, that's like 1% of the operating revenues. So um, it is a concern, but uh, to me, it's not necessarily a major concern at this point. Jim, I can, I can answer that. I'll okay. So when we first put these numbers together working with Mr. Foster, we didn't have, you know, we were at a certain point in time in our current year 2022. And so when we when we moved forward, we had some a better clarity of where we were, were sitting with revenue projections. We also had um, a few rather large industrial customers where uh, we had a um, found some more, uh, better accuracy with billing that had been so we had, you know, one large uh, paper manufacturer in Kalamazoo, and that uh, was a large water user. We were miscounting, so to speak, them as an irrigation customer, and they were just a large heater customer. So we had to make that correction as well. And so those were some minor corrections, but they, you know, did result in, I would say, more accurate revenue. Um, reflections as opposed to, and I would say the other ones were inaccurate, but as we got able to be closer, uh, we had able to get, get a better picture of what was happening. And then we had, you know, some um, correction, if you will, to, you know, one of our larger customers. So, so without that rate increase, it would have been. Right. Yeah, it would have been. 
much larger dip. Okay. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead if you have something on that. No, I, I was just going to say, obviously, um, you know, being involved with Andy Burnham and, and Bart Foster in the August discussions, right, as you you all looked at the, the tough choice of the 20% increase, you know, clearly, um, you know, the, the revenues here, the budget right. revenues do reflect that 20% increase. And then I have an, another question um, to the point of, on one of the slides about you know working in the coming months to as the first step to validate the data assumptions. Um, I'm wondering how the UPC fits into that too to understand some of the policies that were mentioned, the financial policy, the OPEB pilot, how that is, how those underlying um, data assumptions, how this board comes to understand them a, a little bit more. Yeah, well, just you know, right right off the bat, our next item utilities about financial policy. So these are there's some big drivers where financial policy is impacting rate methodology, uh, and some of those just you know uh, hit some high points um, right away. Farmers ratio um, that's identified in the 1995 utility financial policy. Uh, months of cash on hand that's identified in the 1995 uh, utility financial policy. So that utility financial policy is something that the UPC has direct control over and can, you know, dive into. And we can see once we get the FAMS model built out, we can actually look at the sensitivity of you were at 12 months um, operations cash on hand versus nine months versus six months. And then you can see how that impacts rates and you can be informed as you reevaluate financial policy going forward. Same with the coverage ratio. On everything else like that. So I will tell you that you know by policy coverage ratio, kind of all in coverage ratios approximately 1.4. Um, specific bond covenants require us to be, I believe, at 1.2. Generally, we want to have some space between there. Uh, however, you know, those are things that the, the UPC is going to have direct control over. Um, and then you know, also cash on hand. These are these are things that um, I, I think this is, I'm, I'm really excited about this FAMS model because of what the tool that it provides decision makers. I think um, in the past, for you to make a decision on whether you're nine months, or 12 months, or six months, cash on hand, that may be a little murkier, hard to kind of synthesize what your impacts are. With the FAMS model, we can take a look at all that in real time and see what the current and future impact rates is going to be. So your decision can be really better informed on how you, you look at that. So that being said, and of course, this is what the UPC um, have their decisions on this, but you may want to look at um, some interaction, some interactive work with Stantec as you consider the updates and changes to utility finance policies. Yeah, we, we often work with, with groups like the UPC and the client together. So, um, you know, we're, we're very transparent and certainly can share when the model gets, the FAMS model gets closer to completion. We can work with James and you to, to take you through it. Um, you know, the FAMS model 
not a big surprise. Um, you know, is it's an Excel-based model, but it, it has a series of tabs um, that are populated with the information that we've received from the from the city, line by line. For instance, of the expense and the revenues, CIP tab is by project. We've actually, I'm sure we'll get to the point with James as we get a little further along, as well as UPC here in 2023, whether, you know, the the pipe came in that he ordered, the $20 million worth of pipe and things like that. And then we'll start, we can slide CIP projects around um, in the respective fiscal years. Um, you know, I'm financial by nature. I'm not an engineer. I always defer to the operating people, including the engineers, as we look at projects, because some of those projects can't be moved. Some of those projects can be moved either forward or later in the financial period, um, all within the context of smoothing out or mitigating rate increases uh, for clients. Um, and, you know, that's very, very important. But on the other hand, um, you know, I, I'm sure nobody liked the 20% rate increase that the city had to implement 1123, but it was based on a series of, of, of you know, facts and analysis. Um, but, you know, Every single one of the categories comprising the, the FAMS, um, you know, is supported by the data provided by the city and then ultimately um, adjusted by us through, you know, escalation factors and other factors to, to move the data out through the projection period. Um, you know, we, we do 10 and 20 year financial model projections. Um, quite honestly, years six through 10 and years 11 through 20 probably are a little um, less firm, if you will, regarding the data. Uh, but nonetheless, the, you know, the FAMS model will provide a rate plan um, based on a series of assumptions that you know, you'll be able to um, to review, um, discuss with us. Um, we'll share our screens um, right now. I mean, you know, instantaneously, um, and we'll go through the model with you. So, to the extent, you know, I we offer that um, whenever UPC, uh, as we get further along here. Um, wants to look at the data, the detail, you know, the models, um, and so forth. We're, we're very open to that. Um, Thank you. Peter. I, I have a couple of questions for you. I work in uh, public accounting, work with governmental and not-for-profit entities. And so, um, I'd like to see you actually have you give me your model. I've looked at parts quite a bit. Um, I worked on negotiations to get the UPC in place and, uh, and understand his, but the, the reason I wanna see it is because when you put up your first slide, you're talking about fund balance. And uh, 
you know, I work in this industry and this type of a fund doesn't have a fund balance. So I'm assuming you're talking about cash or what, I don't know. So I think we're gonna need to go through every slide that gives us this big picture. Um, and you're gonna have to define what you're actually talking about. Um, so that we don't just, our eyes just don't glass over and say, we need a rate increase. Yeah, no, very valid point, Peter. Uh, yeah, and that certainly um, is our, our expectation um, to, to take you through each tab in the model. Um, it'll be a lengthy discussion, um, but, you know, we typically do that, um, you know, and I'll defer to James and UPC at, you know, as we get a little further along in the FAMS, if, you know, if you, anybody from UPC wants to be involved in those discussions when we, we have our interactives with city staff, that, that doesn't, doesn't bother us at all. Okay. So it's really all about getting reaching consensus and an understanding that the financial model um, that you're really being asked to support and recommend the, the rate increase, um, you know, adoption, um, you have to be comfortable with it. So certainly be happy to, to, to share that, those details with you. Um, however, it makes sense for, um, you folks and your time. Um, I'm gonna ask you a few questions. So again, this is Peter. And uh, I just wondered when you look at the actual contract, do you see any you know, difficulties in fitting it into FAMS or not an issue? Not really an issue for us. Um, we, work, we work with many different types of clients. Most of our clients are cash basis. Um, the contract, you know, is utility basis. Um, honestly, prior to joining Stantec in 2013, I spent 36 years at Consumers Energy. 30 plus of that was in the rates department, um, doing utility rate making before the Michigan Public Service Commission. So, no, I didn't really see anything in the contract um, that seemed um, out of the ordinary for us, right? I mean, it's agreement that you have between the city and all the, the parties and, and, and frankly, the contract actually assists us because it's very specific about the revenue requirement calculation, what we're building in FAMS, and then also, um, the cost allocation model and the equal rates by customer class. So no, I don't, I don't see that as, as an issue for us. Deb, Laura, I mean, you're, you've been day to day in the model. Does you have anything to add to that? Tim, can you hear me now? Yeah, Andy, now we can hear you. That's good. Now, I would just add to that, that, you know, Peter, we tend to apply a modular approach also that's useful in these circumstances where FAMS is really focused on the revenue requirements. 
And then we have a separate model that takes those revenue requirements and performs the detailed cost allocations and allows us to look at rate structure alternatives. So, you know, because of that, it gives us a lot of good flexibility to accommodate different contractual situations, as Jim was describing. Um, so, you know, it allows us to be very adaptable and customize the tools to reflect really the current circumstances at hand. Perfect. Um, I also think that uh, as part of this process, we need to have like an educational program for the board members. Again, because I, and I understand you'll walk us through that, but um, I would just ask James, when, when you're proceeding down the, the path, um, when you get, you know, a couple months before you're gonna bring us a rate or what have you, if we could see some of that information, maybe we have these folks again in, you know, in a quarter to say, here's where we're at again. And maybe we could just study a couple of the slides and what they're actually talking about. Yeah, I think, you know, I'm gonna jump ahead here, Peter, but I think, um, you know, maybe it's in, in March, um, once we get the math model, you know, kind of calibrated, so to speak, that we actually hand back in and we're actually not filming on that slide, we're actually live in the model. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that would be very beneficial, you know, to, sh to show you, um, you know, kind of walk through some of the, the pages. And, and if you change something, what happens? Right. I think it would be great. And I, I just, I, I really think that these, the folks here are going to need you know, I'm not an expert either about this, but right. we just need an education about what they're actually calculating. Yeah. I think I have a general or a very good understanding. Yeah. I think it'll, I think it'll really come together if you can see. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing I was going to say, and this is you know, obviously Pete's choice, but you know, given Mr. Hafner's unique experience that he brings to the table, um, you know, the city staff, we, we would not be opposed to having Mr. Hafner, you know, with us. <laughs> During some of our calibration events and you know, being able to participate, we do it through the teams, and you know, you can have kind of a deep dive with us as we're doing that work to kind of write along, so to speak, and see what's happening. You know, that you do bring some unique experience to the UPC, and there could be some benefit to that where you could come back and report, hey, I've spent some time with them, we've seen this, we've seen that, and um, you know, these are great, so that we could. I think I think that makes a lot of sense. I am here wondering if you would want to be a subcommittee of one. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, and we can see if we can talk about that maybe at the yeah, next meeting. Yeah. Maybe someone else would be interested in whatever. Peter, do we have to get you through tax season first? I don't do that kind of work. Okay, good. <laughs> Yeah, how, I mean, however, however the group wishes to proceed is, is, you know, is fine by us. Um, you know, we, we want it, our processes to be transparent and understood. Um, and so we'd be happy to, you know, to share with you um, whatever and however um, you need to get, you know, kind of comfortable with the processes as well as consistency with the water users agreement, right? Which is, right, right. you know, an issue. And I mean, and ultimately, um, you know, the proof's in the pudding as we get to kind of the end of the process because, um, you know, defensibility um, 
of of the process and the results is 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 extremely important not that i want to get or expect to get in a litigation situation right um but um you know we we have processes to follow and consistency checks and and so forth and um you know we want to be sure that everybody's comfortable with it and that um you know we follow the industry standards we follow the intent of the water users agreement as we develop the ultimate work products what, what does the upc think about i mean not waiting till february but today um agreeing that peter received invites to these internal discussions and he can attend based on his availability I'm full support of this. Yeah, it's fine. Peter? I mean, it'd be up to Peter to see what, to see what would be useful for him to. Yeah, yeah. Not everything. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not actually questioning that they can calculate a rate. I just need to learn their dictionary because the terms they are using aren't what I think they are. And so there's some of that, but it would be great to know about the assumptions too. So then we could, I could come back and say. James is saying that they're using 30% and sure enough they are. And that seems to make sense. So to the extent I, I might be helpful in that process, I'd be happy to do such a thing. Um, I, my, my thought is, is I need an education because when they start talking about these terms, they're not the term that I know it is as in my industry. And so I, I'm not trying to throw a monkey wrench into anything. I just want to understand what the, how the how it was calculated, basically. Yeah. Contract yes. says X. Was it X? Right, right. I think that's the goal of all of us. Yeah. But I think we all need an education, and this slide is actually showing cash. It's not revenue and expense, or it's fund balance. What does it mean? Okay. You know, coverage rate, though. And I, as we go through this first round here. This is Jeff Chamberlain, sorry for those on the line, that um, we ask a lot of questions. Yes, I think that's for all of us. So if, if we don't I think if we don't understand something, we'll, we'll ask the question. Yeah, absolutely. So do we want to eventually vote on that or do we vote on you or we just uh... Yeah, okay. I think yeah. we have consensus that Peter can be invited and Sure. Yeah. And the 10 isn't available. Okay. And yeah, we'll just share our invites with you. Yeah, yeah. And I think I would just uh, communicate with you directly and find out what you're up to. Yeah. Because I probably wouldn't be involved in a lot of it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's perfect. Is the is the township's schedule for developing the CIPs? Is that Soon enough, I guess what I'm hearing is based on what's going to happen with the rate this year is really the township CIP is going to be implemented probably the following year. It will be there too at the end of this year. Yeah. Uh, what we're finding is, is there's a lot of the CIP that is already included in the city CIP. Okay. Persistent improvement stuff. Um, so there's some other discussions about, you know, neighborhood type and extensions, um, but, yeah. Okay. Okay. 
questions? It's very helpful. Yeah, thank you for participating. I think it's been very informative. Look forward to seeing you again, probably in a quarter, I would guess. Huh? Well, you're more than welcome. We we appreciate the opportunity to to talk with you and we'll continue to work with James and Peter. Sounds like you'll be you'll be in our, you know, our upcoming interactives as well, which is is great for us, uh, particularly I think as it helps us the city and UPC. Um Kind of come to you know ultimate landing point as to what the water rates need to do you know effective january of 2024 so so we appreciate your time uh, uh james in closing here i'll just uh, i i will forward the slide packet to you and if um, you could send that out to the upc folks that would be great and um, any follow-up questions you have don't be afraid to reach out to Myself as project manager here, I'm, you know, boots on the ground in Michigan, but, um, you know, certainly Andy, Deb, or Laura um, as well, um, we'd be happy to assist and we th thank you for your time. Uh, Jim, I got one more question. I apologize. Sure. No problem. Um, so you obviously do this throughout the state and the country probably. Um, yes. How does the city of Kalamazoo I don't know, uh, stack up to uh, other communities. I mean, it, it feels to me like the city is doing a really good job, but I don't, I, you know, I don't have a basis for that. Yeah, I would, uh, you know, early on, I, I would, I would agree with that. The city staff has been extremely helpful, extremely willing to get together and discuss um, with us you know, some of the, the data assumptions, uh, the data itself, kind of the, the operating plan, uh, you know, typically, and, you know, Andy who operates more all over the country than I do um, can maybe add to it, but, you know, often, cause we deal with clients of all sizes, right? You know, smaller systems to up to a system the size of Kalamazoo's and even bigger, like City of Detroit, for instance. Um, but yeah, I've been uh, found the staff to be very, very um, easy to work with and extremely responsive, which is helpful to us to move things along in you know the 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 proper time frame for all of this. So our our rate structure is it in line i mean as far as being I don't know, uh, an efficient system kind of where i'm going yeah i mean you know clearly there you have parts i'm sure parts of the townships parts of the city that you know you have affordability issues and so forth but the rate structure that you have is is typical to what we see um, one of the things obviously we'll examine as we always do with our clients is, you know, the readiness to serve charge, for instance, and what, what percent of the revenue stream does that stabilize? Recognizing that, you know, obviously the financial community would like probably a much higher percentage of the revenues recovered through the readiness to serve charge on a fixed basis than perhaps the elderly members of your community that may be on fixed income, right? 
but your rate, the, the city's rate structure itself is, is pretty typical to, to what we see. Um, and we'll examine that obviously to see if there's any recommended tweaks that we might, you know, we might be able to make, um, based on our, you know, experience, both not only in Michigan, but around the country. So. Thank you. Thank you. Good to meet you, Jim. Thank you, Andrew, Laura, Deb. Yep. Well. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Thanks for taking the time to chat with us this morning. Um, I think when we get to comments at the end. I, I want to, I, the, the benchmark study flaws in the paragraph year after the Another outside consultant come in and evaluate the cost structure here. We owe them what it costs to do actual supply. That's in the contract. And the curve was that efficiency. Yeah, but we haven't done that yet. No, it's every fourth year at the request of the UDC. I just looked it up. So that's just on the operation side. That's the efficiency. Yeah. It costs to install water main house and street appropriate. So it's looking at the, the equipment and the personnel to go out and make the thing work. Yeah. <clears throat> That's in the kind of you want if you want to go there in detail. Okay, the next item is 7B, the utility financial policy. Any proposed update? We discussed that a little bit. I, I would just you're saying B. Or did you say C? B. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I thought you said C. Yeah. Um, I would suggest that the next time we get together that we go through the coverage ratio calculation just as an educational experience for all. Just because that drives half that drives yeah. capital, that operations. And that way the next time Stantec comes, we could um you know, in a quarter, we'll have, all have a general understanding of what that means. So I would just throw that out there. And also, I didn't see financial review in the agenda. So I was going to try to slide in this document as well at this point. And I have a question yes, on the utility financial policy before you move on. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we're working with you, uh, utility financial policy that's 30 years old. Right. Um, I mean, some things don't change, but some things do. What is that something that we should have a look at, or is it the we have input on it and for the input, contract? Yeah, but should be is the 1995 policy. Good? I don't know. Is it good? Is it maybe that's some Stantec as they move through their analysis this first time? If there's any red flags in that or any deviations from industry standards that we should look at. I would just say, you know, uh, historical context, it, we, it's from 1995, so it is dated. Um, the way we've done rates and, and set policy decisions such as coverage ratio um, and operating months of operating cash on hand, those were essentially management decisions that were made through an iterative process, usually when we go um, to bond and so we were broadly following the policy, uh, but there's a new process now. We've got the UPC. So the UPC 
policy driver for the utility. And so there are there are rate impacts. So if you look at um, you know say a, a proposed rate and you're sitting at 12 months of coverage of cash, you could go to say nine months coverage of cash. You're going to want to have a policy in place that, that drives those decisions. Or if you're sitting at 2.5 as a coverage ratio, you could go down to 1.5 comfortably. Those are also rate rate drivers. So I you know our recommendation would be to have the UBC take a look at the financial policy and provide some updates of where, you know, where they want to see some, some change. Um, and, and it may be an interactive with the BAMS model so that you can see and understand that a little bit better. Because yeah. um, I think those, those two will come together and be pretty clear when you see that, that BAMS model. I think that would be very helpful because, I mean, you, the financial policy can drive the rates, yeah. but the way we we have the ability then to have the rates drive the financial policy. So that would be very good to have that, that interactive so that we can understand that connection. Yeah. And that will help. Could, could we do, uh, me and you walk through that financial policy next time? Yeah, yeah. and just, you know, for broad knowledge, UBC members, um, anybody that's listening, the 1995 utility financial policy is on the UBC website. Yeah. So it's, it's a document that's on there. Um, it's a public document. Can, um, can you distribute that with the next board packet too? Just yeah, we can put it in the report packet. And then we'll talk between now and then about. Yeah, we, you and I can talk and go yeah. through that. If it makes sense, sir. Yeah. yeah. I know it's, uh, it's a little broader than I expected when I looked at it. There's a lot of stuff in it, but uh, and and we could also walk through the coverage, and I think it would be good education process for sure. Yeah. When they talk about you know this or that, and we'll have an understanding what they're referring to. We should record that if we do it for your next meeting. I, I received some financial information from James, um, and it's easier to work with in Excel. So I got it in Excel and PDF. So that was nice. And uh, last time I did this was a quarter ago. So we did it at 9.30. And last time I gave you a summary sheet and then a detailed sheet. And then I gave you a sheet that looks like this and it had budget, actual, and actual for the previous year. I didn't put the previous year on here because at the end of the year, they make accruals, they adjust OPEB, they adjust pension, they remove all the capital purchases from expenditures. And so it's really, you can't really compare. You can compare uh, you know, November to November, but not December to December because December 21, they've made all the adjustments to account for things like from a business perspective or that full accrual. And so, so this is just saying, what is the budget? What is the actual? I would just point out there's a line to the right on the second number down, and it says OPEB adjustment, $10 million. So there is an adjustment or there is an account with a balance of $10 million that results in that expenditure being negative. Do you see the expenditure for actual of negative $4 million? Yes. And to the left, you see where they budgeted at 6.8. So before that adjustment, 
they were pretty close to budget is what I wanted to point out. And that adjustment likely has something to do with their year end and their accounting for their pension and their post-retirement healthcare. And, and, and so there's been an adjustment there. So that looks like it's in line with budget. And then I just took, personally, I just took a look as I scrolled down, I looked at what does revenue look like compared to budget. So that's near the midway point down. And I would just point out that for their water and sewer system revenue, 25 million worth of budget, 27.7 worth of actual. Um, and so things are pretty much in line with budget, it looks to be, from my perspective. The remaining revenue balances, as you work your way down from the 25, 26 million dollar balance, those are related to dollars that would come in from grants or when they issue bonds or things of that nature. And so there's a lot of technical in here. I'd just say the big picture, you know, my takeaway was oh, they're pretty much in line with budget and that's enough information for me until I see an audited financial statement because this is a budgetary perspective. Um, and so there are no rules on how you budget. You can budget any way you want. And not that they're not doing it well. I'm just saying that it's hard to, you know, the audit follows specific standards. Budget, you follow whatever rules you want. But it looks like they're coming in close to budget, which seems to be good to me. And I would look at it again, if you would like, in a quarter. And then compare to that quarter, but you really can't do it at the end of the year. Hopefully that's understandable and not confusing. And if it's confusing, we don't need to do it. No, this is helpful, thank you. No, I support you continuing to do this. Yeah. It is confusing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Item 7C, professional services invoice approval. And uh, these, one of them was provided today. The other two, I think, were in the online. So we can start with Boyd, sorry. Um, I would make a motion that we approve the invoice as presented. Or vice associate. I'll support that. Motion by Peter, support by John to approve the vice invoice as presented. All those in favor? Aye. Uh, motion carries with five uh, yes, uh, one abstention, and one absent. Uh, next is an invoice. Brian Newhoff. Move for approval. I'll support. Motion by Kim, support by John. Approve the Brian and Newhoff invoice as presented. All those in favor? Aye. Opposed? Motion carries uh, five uh, zero, one abstention, and one absent. That was the third one. I have they're here in the pile. Oh yeah, okay. Do we need to approve three of them? No, the other two were already approved. Yeah. There's there three in the packet. Two of them were previously approved. All that's out there. So we're just approving the one dated December 31st, yes. Correct. Is that a motion? 
That's, that's yeah. <laughs> I'll support that. Motion by Jeff, support by John to approve the um, redeveloped Hafner invoice as presented, the December 31st invoice. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries five to zero, one abstention and one absence. Okay. Uh, item 7D, update on financial data review. That was what I did earlier. Yes, I yes. missed okay. it, so I okay. didn't realize it was further down. Okay. Uh, committee member alternate attendee guest comments. And we'll start with uh, the guests here. Nothing from Mark. Uh, Jerry? Nothing. Nothing. Yes. Uh, Mr. Pearson, uh, regional commission, I, I took open up the Medical, but I don't know what the city does. Uh, uh, 
board like this, I mean, if you're just like on your out or your on vacation or something like that, you're at that point, you're just you're listening in like a like a guest. Yeah. You're not actually counted for quorum or. That's fine. I just um, I, uh, I it's called working remotely is what it says. <laughs> Seeing John McMillan, no, of course, he's got books. He's like 105 years old. I think so. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay with him until uh, I can't. <laughs> we we kind of went at it a little bit. Uh, my hair had a little flip. It starts spraying stuff on it. I said, John, I 